0: Welcome to the Ag Future podcast, presented by Alltech. Join us as we explore the future of farming, food, and nutrition. Aiden Connolly is Chief Innovation Officer and Vice President Corporate Accounts at Alltech, and he joins us to highlight what has been learned from the seventh annual Alltech Global Feed Survey. New to this survey this year is information gathered from the Asia Pacific region, including countries such as Cambodia and Laos for a total of 144 countries, representing more than 31,000 feed mills. And thanks for joining us, Aiden. Thank you, Tom. The 2017 survey documented world feed production topping a billion metric tons, and that was an all-time high for a single year. How does that compare with the findings for the uh, 2018 survey?
1: Yeah, so the um, previous year we had also seen production exceeding 1 billion tons But uh, this one was a larger number. So this finished at almost 1.07 billion. So 1 billion 70 million tons. And what that did was just confirm that those numbers are correct. Of course, as you appreciate, the way that we calculate these numbers is through estimates. We ask people to estimate how much in each of their countries. And then we collect all that information from our own managers in those 140 plus countries. So the first year round to see it was over a billion was great. To see it again and a bigger number just makes it very solid, very robust, very sure that we have the right number.
0: And this follows a last year survey, which found a 7% reduction in feed mills from 2015 to 2016. Obviously, that trend has not continued.
1: Well, actually, that's not quite true. Um, I believe that the numbers of feed mills are continuing to consolidate to that to drop but we moved a, quite a number of feed mills that were feed mills on farms, smaller scale, in places like Russia, uh, in particular, Eastern Europe. We reclassified those into our survey by changing our methodology. Um, and so we actually ended up with a larger number of feed mills overall, even though the numbers of feed mills, I think, continue to drop.
0: Okay, you have identified seven key findings in the 2018 Alltech Global Feed Survey. And let's take them one by one and begin with what the data reveals about China.
1: Yeah, the Chinese feed production was down a little bit. And in particular, certain of the species uh, were did see a reduction. Uh, specifically, aquaculture continues to drop However, we saw a rebound in terms of the feed production for pigs, and that was quite significant. Of course, uh, China's in the process of consolidating its uh, pig farming. We did see quite a number of the smaller farms being closed over the last two to three years. That has led to a reduction in the number of breeding animals, uh, sows, and overall, we saw a reduction in pork production the previous years of, of, uh, of about 7%. However, this year, feed production went back up. And overall, that had the effect that China in general was about flat.
0: So these reductions are happening at a time when the Chinese population is going in the other direction, is increasing, expanding. Is that cause for concern?
1: No. Uh, feed production is affected by many factors. It's affected by consumption of meat, milk, and eggs but it's also being at the same time reduced by the fact we are genetically selecting animals to be more efficient. Um, And in the Chinese case, they have had a lot of farms that were very inefficient. So when we talk about closing small chicken farms, in particular small pig farms, but even ducks, geese, uh, fish farming, etc., typically we're moving towards farms that are much more efficient in how they convert feed into food.
0: Russia has registered noteworthy increases in feed production. What's happening
1: in Russia? Russia's a really interesting story, of course, Tom, as you appreciate, um, uh, Mr. Putin, the president, wants to make Russia uh, a strong country, bring it back to some of its glory days, and in particular is focused on food production, self-sufficiency of food production is being a critical part of that. Russia has been importing a lot of food from the United States, uh, was importing from Europe, and was uh, also importing from Brazil, but has been exerting its soft power in its ability to restrict the importation, in particular of chicken, and more recently of pork, uh, and is looking for its own farms to replace that so they become, if not necessarily self-sufficient, less less dependent on, on imports. And what is the significance of that independence? Well, significance for the feed industry is that it means that the feed production numbers grew quite significantly uh, this year uh, by about 14%. um, And that specifically is being seen in terms of uh, pig farms, dairy farms, uh, to a lesser degree chicken farms. Uh, but uh, in, in general, it, it will mean probably for the Russian population more expensive food. But obviously that's a decision being taken uh, at Politburo level uh, in terms of the strategic desires of the government to not be reliant upon people who they often have arguments with.
0: Also noted in this year's survey as coming on strong is
1: India. Where do you see growth occurring in India's feed production? Yeah, Indian growth, um, India's species are much more restricted because, of course, from a religious and cultural perspective, uh, they don't consume beef. Uh, They are actually relatively limited in their consumption of pork. And even a certain percentage of the population doesn't want to consume chicken. So eggs uh, have continued to grow Broiler meat is growing and did grow this year very strongly as well. But milk in particular continues to grow, so dairy feed consumption. So those three species are very strong. India has become a significant exporter of shrimp. And so we have seen the growth in aqua feeds as well. Uh, from India. Of course, some concerns over, over the use of antibiotics. Uh, ha, you've seen stories in the press about that. But nonetheless, India, I think, will continue to become, uh, on a protein basis, it is relatively light in terms of its consumption of protein per capita. And if that grows, that will lead to growth in particular of eggs, of uh, chicken meat, and to a lesser degree of milk. Uh,
0: Going back to aquaculture, India has more or less defied a global decline in aqua
1: production. What are the country's strengths in this area? I think that um, primarily it's coming from a relatively small, low position to start with. It is a low-cost producer. But specifically in the area of shrimp, uh, we have quite a number of viral diseases uh, which have afflicted areas such as Ecuador and Thailand. Much of this comes from the desire to grow uh, aquaculture in areas with uh, either rivers or estuaries uh, where the water can quite often move from one farm to another, therefore passing disease from one farm to another. Um, India has not had those diseases to the same degree as other countries so far. And so if it continues to remain disease-free, then it can be- can continue to be a very large producer of aquaculture, particularly for export.
0: What are the trends in aquaculture feed production and what parts of the world is growth strong right now? Where is it lagging as well?
1: I think we had a lot of controversy in this survey about the aquaculture numbers, particularly following on from a year last year where we also saw that the aqua uh, production was flat. Um, Much of the discussion about aquaculture is about the fact that we are consuming more and more uh, farmed fish, and that undoubtedly is true, and that that is displacing um, are part of the requirement for replacing the fish from the sea. What we are seeing, however, is that the largest producers of fish in the world, uh, typically uh, China represents about 50% of the world's production of fish. Asia represents overall about 65 to 70%. That in those parts of the world, we are seeing a reduction in the feed production for fish, for farmed fish, for aquaculture. And we believe that uh, in the case of China is being driven very much by government policies to a lesser degree by the economics of larger, more efficient farms. We are seeing some uh, changes from a cultural perspective, people uh, consuming less fish at banquets, etc. In the rest of Asia, uh, many of the numbers we saw related to disease. Globally, however, aquaculture did grow So if you look at salmon, trout, sea bass, sea bream, if you look at tilapia in countries in particular in Europe, um, we do see continued growth. So overall, uh, aquaculture did not grow. So what you have is the drop in Asia being offset by strong growth in other parts of the world. Um, But I would also continue to underline that as aquaculture has become more efficient, As it's become more modern, it has required less feed to produce the same amount of weight.
0: Turning to Africa, the survey has for a number of years now tracked a pretty steady growth curve in the African feed market.
1: What accounts for this? Well, African economic growth continues to be strong. Obviously, it's coming from quite a low uh, level. Those, the economic growth is also spread across many countries. It's not coming from any particular country. So on a yearly basis, we are seeing that African country, the African continent is growing by in excess of global averages, probably somewhere between five and seven percent in terms of GDP. and that is widespread. In particular, we saw a very strong year from Nigeria. Of course, Nigeria is expected to be the world's third largest population by 2050, uh, exceeding the United States, uh, exceeding Indonesia, exceeding other countries in the world, uh, just following China and India. So it's not surprising that uh, we will see an increase and continue to see an increase in, in protein consumption there. However, the cost of protein continues to be very expensive in Africa, in Nigeria in particular, Uh, But also, um, many of other countries did report extremely high feed prices, and high feed prices means high prices for eggs, meat, and milk.
0: As mentioned in the uh, introduction, new to this survey, the uh, 2018 survey, is information gathered from the Asia-Pacific region. What did you find?
1: Really, uh, we've just been digging in every year deeper and deeper into establishing which countries produce feed. Now, not surprisingly, we continue to skip a few um, Andorra uh, for argument's sake, um, Monaco, which is famous mainly for gambling, Vatican City, which is mainly famous as a country for well for the Vatican. Um, but nonetheless, of those 200 plus countries in the world, we think we've gotten to almost every single country that's producing feed in any significant or even less significant manner. Uh, We added in a few more countries this year. Those were in Asia, uh, but they don't uh, add to anything more than just creating a database of information which is stronger and uh, more, more robust.
0: There seems to have been steady growth in the equine industry, and it looks like it's happening nearly everywhere. What's going on there?
1: The consumption of horse feed, of course, is driven primarily by economics of the world. And last year was a good year. I know some of your listeners may feel that maybe their their um, oh pockets didn't feel quite as full in terms of cash, but globally, it was a good year for the world economy. And in fact, for this year coming, the Economist magazine is predicting that only four countries of the world will not grow. And two of those were Venezuela and uh, North Korea. So you can see that we are in a period of general global economic growth. That is leading to a larger middle class. It's leading to more people moving to uh, cities, some more urbanization. And those typically are favorable trends for, for, for horse production. It has been quite hard to capture data release, uh, relating to horses. Not entirely sure why this is. People seem to be quite secretive, for example, even in the United States, about how much horse feed they produce. So we have struggled to be accurate in our estimates. I think this year's estimates were more accurate than previous years. I know the American Feed Ingredients Association issued a number which was much larger than ours, but included forages, included other forms of feed that, of course, don't go through a feed mill. But um, in general, uh, I would say economic growth is lifting the tide and is helping the horse feed industry.
0: And you mentioned money in pockets. Uh, what does the survey reveal about feed costs?
1: Uh, feed costs, um, thankfully, have remained low. And I say thankfully because feed represents about 70% of the cost of the production, uh, live production cost for chickens, but also for pigs, also for eggs, milk, and aquaculture. So effectively, for every protein that we consume, feed represents most of the live cost of that. And of course, when you further process it, it it still continues to be a very significant contributor. Uh, Feed costs are low, uh, were low last year, remained low this year by historic standards. Of course, in real terms, that means that they continue to drop. And... um, that is directly correlated to the price of corn, uh, soybeans, to a lesser degree, other forms of cereals such as wheat and barley, and other forms of protein such as canola, etc. cetera. Um, that relates to the fact that we've had tremendous, um, tremendous harvests. And even in years from when it appears as though we've got droughts, when it appears as though we haven't done as well in the middle of the growth cycle, as we expect, we still seem to take a lot out of the field which has been good for farmers, it's been good for feed, and eventually that means it's good for consumers.
0: As you keep your eye on current trends, any early forecasting for what we'll see in the 2019 survey?
1: As I mentioned, I think which you look at, if you look at some of these economic forecasts, it looks like consumers will continue uh, to see their affluence grow. Uh, certainly we will see economic growth, um, which we hope will will translate into consumer consumer benefits, if that means that feed costs are low, food costs are low, um, and we can expect that the continu- that harvest continue to contribute more and more to the silos of the world. I think it could be an ex- excellent year for the feed industry.
0: Aidan Connolly, Chief Innovation Officer and Vice President Corporate Accounts at Alltech. Thank you for joining us, Aidan. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for listening to another episode of the AG Future Podcast presented by Alltech. For show notes and more episodes, visit alltech.com forward/agfuture.